Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important. So I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me this morning to the book of Luke, chapter 13. Amen. And stand to your feet for the reading and the reverence of the Word of God. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, let it rain. Look at your other neighbor just in case they didn't hear you and say, neighbor, let it rain. Hallelujah. Let it rain. Hallelujah. Praise God. In the book of Luke, chapter 13, the Bible says, Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Now, first of all, let me say this. It was very rare for Jesus to even go into a synagogue and preach. Because he did most of his preaching on the outside because most in the synagogues, he called them hypocrites and vipers, amen. And so, but he came, look at your neighbor and say, everything Jesus does is on purpose. Listen, listen, everything he does is on purpose. And you have to understand this right now. Some of you are looking around and you're thinking, Man, that was by accident. But if we're living in kingdom power, we understand there is no word in the Hebrew language called accident. There's only a word of purpose. And so if we're living in kingdom power and in kingdom connection, we have to understand that every day we get up is on purpose. Come on, some y'all's quiet in here this morning. Every day we get up is on purpose. Everything I do is on purpose. And yeah, there are sometimes when there's things that happen that I wish I hadn't have done. Praise God. And we look around and we think, man, Lord, that was by accident. And God says, hang on just a minute. No, it was on purpose. You did it on purpose because you wanted to do it. Uh-oh. Am I preaching too hard? But God says, I'm going to take that, that, and I'm going to turn it in to a good thing. Come on, somebody. How many knows whatever happens in, in God's house, uh, God turns it into a good thing? Amen. Now I'm going to read instead of preaching. Okay. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, uh-oh, here comes that purpose day. There was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. Notice he didn't say she had a disease. Listen to this. She had a spirit, look at your neighbor and say spirit, spirit. of infirmity for 18 years. Yeah. My good, some of us have a headache for five minutes, we're dying. <laughs> for 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when she saw Jesus, <laughs> yeah. woo, but when she saw Jesus, but no, when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. My God, I'm going to say that again because y'all's a little slow. Woman, 
man, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. How many knows when Jesus lays his hands on you? Something takes place. Hey, I didn't time that just right, y'all. That's God talking right there. Woo, my God, I feel it all over this place. I'm already preaching better than y'all's acting, praise God. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, we come into this house this morning and we rejoice and glorify your name. Heavenly Father, Lord, it's not, Lord, we don't come in here, Lord, so we can take numbers of attendance. We come in here, Heavenly Father, Lord, so we can record every day that you do things in our lives. And Father, I declare in this place today that there are some men and some women and some ladies and and, and, and some guys and, and some boys and some girls and some little children. They're going to walk out of this place today and they are going to be loosed. There is an infirmity, a spirit that attached their life. My God, I'm speaking to somebody, maybe you that are sitting at home, but I'm telling you right now, Lord, begin to move. Move through the airwaves, move into the front rooms, into the vehicles, into the truck stops, and in this building. And Father, don't you stop moving until it breaks. Father, don't you stop moving until it breaks. Don't stop moving until it it breaks and father will give you the praise and the glory in Jesus name everybody said amen amen Amen. look at your neighbor and say he's going to preach you may be seated now there's several different things in this story that you have to grab a hold of and first of all it's Jesus went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day And he went in there on purpose. Come on, somebody. See, here's the thing. When Jesus comes into this house, life changers, he comes on purpose. When the spirit of God begins to move, it moves purposely. Jesus walked into that synagogue that day. And all of them Jewish uh, rivals that he had, and all of those Stoics, and all those uh, uh, men, they were standing around. They had been watching him for many months, many years, uh, and trying to destroy his ministry uh, and his purpose that God had called him to. Uh, he didn't even uh, acknowledge them. He just rebuked them, uh, and he just kept on moving. Uh, most of us, here's the thing about, uh, about it is, uh, most of us, when we understand when God is doing something in our lives, uh, a lot of times he will send us among people who did not like us. See, Y'all think, well, if God's really going to be good to me, he's going to send me to people that's going to be good to me. You wouldn't be worth nothing if you were sent to somebody that was always good to you. Sometimes God will put you on purpose right in the middle of a bunch of people who hate you, don't like you, jealous of stuff you got, talk about you behind your back and smile at you when they come into your presence. I'm telling you right now, come on somebody, if it wasn't for some of y'all's haters, y'all wouldn't ever been here right now. If it wasn't for those people who hated on you, you'd have never went back to school and got your diploma. If it wasn't for those people who hated on you, you'd have never got, you'd 
and never moved up in your company and got that promotion. Somebody needs to hear me this morning. If it wasn't for those people hating on you, you would have never been a better person that you are. You would have never changed some things in your life that needed to be changed. But because the haters pointed it out, you began to notice it. And Jesus knew that the church kept the Sabbath day holy. They didn't do anything. They, they, they just used that as a day to be lazy. But in secret, they would do things. So Jesus on purpose, he knew that there was going to be a lady. 18 years, listen to me. 18 years is a long time. <laughs> 18, y'all remember 2018, no more limits? Come on, somebody. 18 years, Jesus was coming unto her and saying, there's no more limits, no more. The enemy's not going to limit you. He's not going to do those things to you. He steps up into that place. Let me tell you something. And this woman walks in there. And I'm telling you right now, this woman walked in there with a spirit of infirmity. Listen, Jesus, Jesus knew what it was. It wasn't a disease. Everybody else that saw her thought, well, my goodness, you know, I don't know if we should be around her. Y'all know how the Jews was. Hey, man, if you was a little bit sick, Praise God, I had a cough. They thought you had COVID. Praise God. And so they stayed away from you. And so this woman, she was bowed over. Listen to me. Listen to me. When she come into town or anywhere, when somebody noticed her, the first thing that they would think is this woman is sick. She's got something going on. But she had an infirmity. Let me tell you something. It doesn't say this woman's old, but infirmity is an, is an ailing spirit. It is a feebleness. It is a weakness. And it's brought on by worry. Listen to me. Somebody needs to hear me tonight. It's, it's today. It's brought on by worry. It's brought on by anxiety. And some of you has worried so much. And if you keep on, that, that, that little worry is going to turn into a spirit. And it's going to attack you. It's going to attack your mind. It's going to bring your wholeness down. And before you know it, you'll never be able to think straight. Before you know it, you'll never be able to worship right. Before you know it, you'll never be no good for the kingdom of God. Listen to me. Listen to me. One thing that I noticed about this woman is she had an infirmity but she still came to church. My God somebody hear me in this house today she might have had an infirmity but she still came to church. Look at your neighbor and say I'm glad you came. Hallelujah. You never know who's around you who's going through so much stress and so much anxiety and worrying how they're going to see the doctor. How they're going to buy their next medication bills. How they're going to fill up the gas tank to get to work. How they're going to get any food. All my stuff's on the bars on China, and it ain't got here yet. All the anxiety going on. Don't you know what the enemy's trying to do to you? Don't you know that he's trying to get your mind? He's trying to hold you down. He's trying to tell you that you was never... Ah, you was never good enough. I'm telling you now we're living in a time where people are dealing with a spirit of infirmity. Some of y'all smile through it. Some of y'all just getting into it. Some of y'all's been dealing. My God, I'm talking to somebody. Some of y'all's been dealing with it for some time, and there's something holding you back. And before you know it, you look back five years ago, and you look at the pictures where you look so good, and you're thinking, what in the world is wrong with me? Why do I look like this now? It's because that got into you, and it held on to you. And I'm telling you right now, the enemy wants nothing to do but to destroy you. You can still come to church. 
church, but he wants to destroy you. You can still worship, but he wants to destroy you. He wants that worry. He wants that weakness. He wants that addiction to hang on to you until it turns into an infirmity, until you get to a place to where your body now reacts to the spirit and you do what the spirit says and you bend over. Because when you're bowed over, you're not able to look straight. You're not able to look in the eyes. You're not able to look up. The enemy doesn't ever want you to look up at your redeemer. The enemy doesn't ever want you to get to that place where you see where you're actually going. Because bowed over, I can tell you, the Bible said that Jesus went on purpose. I need to tell somebody this morning that Jesus walked into this building on purpose. And he did it purposely because he's got a reason for everything that's going on. He's going to break some things. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm ready. Hallelujah. He's going to break some things off of your life. You've been coming to church. My God, I, 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 I can't even get it out of my mouth. Hallelujah. The anointing is strong in this place. The anointing to raise the dead is in this place. The anointing to heal cancer is in this place. The anointing to heal your infirmity mind is in this place. Stand to your feet right now. Come on. I feel the glory. Stand to your feet. Raise your hands to heaven as high as you can get them. Come on. Raise both of your hands. Don't be afraid. Raise both of your hands. Hallelujah. Whatever it is, I, in the name of Jesus, I declare that it break off of their lives in Jesus' name. Now, come on, somebody give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. Jesus came on purpose and he went to the synagogue, the one place that he knew they didn't want him to go. But he went because he knew there was a lady that wasn't giving up. Look at your neighbor and say, don't ever give up. Listen, he knew that there was a lady that wasn't going to give up. Now listen to me. I don't know how many times she come to church. I don't know. Maybe she was the most faithful one, but, but she still came. And you know the reason why they let her come? Because she probably had a little bit of money. She probably had some. Now, now, now we, we talk about one woman who, who, was, who had an issue of blood for 12 years and she spent all her money. And so therefore they're not going to let her into the church. But I believe that this was a prosperous woman. I believe that this woman had a lot of things. I believe that maybe her, I, I don't know, it doesn't say but maybe her husband died maybe her boys died maybe her daughter died and she's worried maybe she's got one more boy left and she's worried all night and all day because the enemy's already took her husband or her family I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm just saying I'm just saying that there's something that has got her into a place of always worrying and not understanding how do I get free from this and always trying to figure it out I need to tell somebody in this house this morning there was some things you will never ever know. There were some things that the only thing that's going to know in you is the Holy Spirit and that's good enough for me. I don't need to know it all, but I got the know it all spirit inside of me. And as long as the Holy Ghost knows it, and when I pray in the Holy Ghost, then he fights it off. Come on somebody. And there's some of you, you're spending too much time worrying. Amen. 
You're worrying about your doctor bills. You're worrying about your, your medicine. You're worrying about your health. You're worrying about all these things. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to build your faith in here this morning. We've been to church long enough that we know that the blood of Jesus has already healed us. Come on, somebody. It's not it's going to heal us. It's not if we get everything right. It's going to heal us. It's not if we quit smoking. We quit drinking. We quit cussing. We quit fighting. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you right now, the, the blood of Jesus, it dropped down Calvary's hill. And it wasn't looking for the super Christian. It was looking for the downtrodden. It was looking for those in the alley. It was looking for those that was beat down. It was looking for those that couldn't get back up. It was looking for those that one time had the greatest job ever. And, and divorce happened. Or somebody died and the family happened. And they worried until infirmity. Until infirmity set in. This woman had it so bad. The writer tells us it didn't just happen, but it had been 18 years. Now, the writer doesn't ever tell us that she'd been bowed over for 18 years. Maybe it just happened. Maybe it was just <coughs> a week or month so ago. The, the writer, Luke, does not tell us. He just says, Jesus went to the synagogue because he knew that every one of them hated him. And he got right up in the middle of the devil's nose. And he said, hey, Jack, watch what I'm about to do today. I'm about to take somebody who's been under your spell and a spirit that got on her for 18 years, and I'm about to set her free. And I'm going to do it right up in the place where you say it can't happen because it's on Sunday. Come on, somebody. And Jesus walked up into that place and as he began to teach, listen, he began to teach. The Bible said why he was teaching. This woman that the spirit has so gotten on to her that it deformed her body. Some of you can't think straight. Some of you think, man, I'm losing my mind. What in the world's going on? I can't remember names. I can't remember address. I can't remember what I ate last week. I can't remember what I ate this morning. <laughs> Listen. And what happens is the enemy comes in and we begin to worry so much that we drive ourselves crazy. And everybody around us knows it but us. Let me say that again. Everybody around us knows it but us. We are hiding from the fact. Let me tell you something. If you ever want to get free from something, you got to know what you need free from. My God, let me say that again. If you ever want to get free from something, you got to know what you need to get free from. Some people are blinded to the fact that their ailment and their issues is causing problems and causing trouble. My God, it's because that spirit has got your mind blind and you can't see it. But I got some good news for you. At least you came to church. Come on, somebody. At least you called on Jesus. At least you showed up. And you showed up at the right time because Jesus is in the house. Amen. While he's teaching, 
she comes in. I read that wrong a while ago, and then I corrected myself. She didn't see Jesus. She couldn't see Jesus. But Jesus saw her. <laughs> I, need, I need to tell somebody this morning, you're worried so much that you're wondering if anybody in your family even knows. Do they even see me? Do, do they even hear me? I'm crying out in desperation and in pain. I go to the family reunions. I go to the birthdays. My God, I'm just going to get right in your lap today and preach. And I wonder, is anybody seeing what I'm doing? Honey, don't worry about what they're seeing because they can't heal you anyhow. All you got to do is know that Jesus sees you. He was teaching that day. And she walked in. And Jesus saw her. He saw her. The first thing he did was he spoke. <coughs> Remember me preaching to you and telling you there's only one place in the Bible where it shows that God just didn't speak, but he actually did. That's when he planted the garden. The Bible said that he made man in the wilderness. It doesn't actually say wilderness, but outside. The Bible said in, in Genesis chapter 2, after he made man, then he went eastward and planted a garden. This is the only time that God didn't speak and say, sun, moon, stars, water, Roger. <laughs> this is the only time in the Bible where you see that God didn't speak, but he actually, he, he met that red dress down with his own hands. He made man. And the Bible says, Genesis chapter 2, he went eastward and he planted a garden. And then he went and got man in his infirmity, in his illness, in his state of mind, in his depression. And he brought him up and he put him in the garden. I need to tell somebody, God made the, first, the place first and then he put you in the place. And I need to tell somebody this morning, there is a place for you and God's about to drop you in it. I need to tell somebody this morning, God ain't done with you yet. The devil's been lying to you. You might be bowed over in your spirit, but the first thing he did was he spoke and he said, woman, you are loosed. Listen, he spoke those words. And she's still just sitting there. Then he laid his hands on her. The same hand that made Adam. The same hand that made Adam in the wilderness. Met a woman in her back. God, I'm about to run all over this place. Met a woman in her wilderness, in her ailment, in her condition, and he laid his hands on her. Amen. Come here, Glennis. We're fixing to loose you, sister. Bow over. He spoke. You're about to get loose. You hear me right now. I need a man behind, man, 
come here. Somebody, somebody come now, quick, quick. Come on now, now, go. No, you, Polly. Sorry, sorry. Listen, y'all's about to witness something right here. Let me, my God, my God. He spoke and said, loose her. She stood there just like that. She felt it. But when he laid his hands on her, she straightened up. <laughs> Listen. Some of you's come to church and you've, hold the, you've heard the spoken word of God and it keeps bringing you back. But you hear me this morning? You mark my words. God's about to lay his hands. He's about to get dirty again. He's about to get muddy again. Come on, somebody. Everybody looks at God. Well, he's, he's one of those gods that just sets up there and don't do nothing. He just talks. Honey, let me tell you something. God came today to pick a fight with the devil and he's going to fight that devil that's been aggravating you, that's been infirmity on you. Come on, somebody. My God's a fighter. My God wants to fight. My God wants to get in the ring and square up. My God don't tap out. My God, my God, my God. He came today to pick a fight with that lying spirit that got a hold of you. Sit down, I ain't done yet. He showed up to church on purpose. He walked in that morning on purpose. This time he didn't go to the Valley of Leopards. This time he didn't go to the Sea of Galilee. This time he didn't go to the tomb of Lazarus. He woke up on purpose. He walked and marched himself right into that self-righteous synagogue where everybody else said you can't serve with us because you don't look like us, you don't worship like us, you don't eat food like us, you're not clean like us. Come on, somebody. There wasn't somebody, but, 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 but they would let you convert if you had money. They would let you convert to Judaism if you had money. But you had to look like them. You had to talk like them. You had to worship like them. And you had to hate everybody else that wasn't like you, just like them. He walked right into that self-righteous synagogue on a Sunday. I should have named this message on a Sunday. He walked right into that church house on a Sunday. What a good day for the Lord to do a miracle on a Sunday. He walks right up in the middle of that self-righteous church on a Sunday. He opened up the scroll and he began to teach. And while he was teaching, the woman that had an infirmity for 18 years, when she got the infirmity, nobody else could tell it. Nobody else knew it. She still smiled. She still combed her hair. She still put on her boots. She still put on her lipstick. Praise God. She still put on her makeup. Hallelujah. Back in the old days, 
praise God, the only sin that the church had was Maybelline and mascara, praise God. I'm so glad we got out of that mess. Hallelujah. And she walked up into that place. Hallelujah. And when she got there, glory to God, she didn't She didn't say, well, I better straighten up. I better look the part. Come on, somebody. Somebody hear me. She didn't get to the church. And before she got there, she didn't straighten herself up and comb everything just right and make everything right and look in the mirror and say, you are special. You are kind. You are good. Come on, somebody. She got up and she walked right into that house of God just like she looked, just like she felt. I'm telling you right now, you mark my words. Today is going to be a memorable day. God is about to break some things and turn some things loose and heal some folks in this house today. She walked into that house in the condition she got there. Some of us are playing the part of hypocrite. We're telling everybody we're all right. But did you know that Facebook was a spy? <laughs> it tells off on you. It tells you where you eat at. It tells you what you bought. It even tells what you said when you got mad. Some of us, everybody else around us knows there's something that's got to break. And that spirit has blinded us. And we're telling everybody else, you're the problem, not me. Ooh, I just got right up in the middle of y'all's cereal bowl today. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to get underneath the foundation. You know, like Noxzema did. Just get underneath that foundation. Listen. Here. She came into the house of God. She didn't hide. Some of you are master deceivers. Not to everybody else because everybody else sees it. You're master deceivers to yourself. And your bank account won't ever get any better. Your health won't ever get any better. Your marriage won't ever get any better. Come on, somebody. You can look the part. You can lie. You can deceive. My God, I am talking to somebody. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, she walked into that house, and she got there bowed over. Because that infirmity finally got a hold of her. Let me tell you something. Something been on you 18 years. It's bound to do something. It's bound to do something. See, some people come to church fighting all the way. Get to the church parking lot and go, okay, I love you. I love you too. Okay, let's go in. 
And let's have church and let's pray for the people and let's tell them how good God is and everything. And your life is messed up and you got a spirit. And my God, my God, Christian people say, well, if I'm saved, I don't have to. I can't have a spirit. Let me tell you something. Let, let me just break this down to you. If you're saved, you can't be possessed. But you're not free from a spirit oppressing you and getting on top of you and making you bow over and bow over because a true man or woman of God can not be possessed. The only way that you can be possessed is if Jesus isn't in your house. But let me tell you something. He ain't never been whooped. He ain't never lost a fight. There's not a devil around that if he's in your house can invade your house and get in. He's not going to let him. But the moment you reject him and the moment you get out of it, then the Bible said the enemy comes back seven times more and seven times angrier and seven times meaner than the last devil. So if you're truly saved, you can't be possessed, but you can sure be oppressed. These lying preachers sitting up on the pulpit and telling people, well, if you're depressed, then you're not saved. Honey, let me tell you something. They need to shut up. David stayed depressed most of his time. Most of his songs in the, in the Psalms was, oh, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Oh, Lord, I, I mean, most of his Psalms was, Lord, I don't understand why, why the mean people are doing good and the righteous people ain't doing good. Lord, show up. Most of his songs had been running from Saul. Lord, you did this. You anointed me, and I'm hiding in caves. I'm supposed to be the king. How can I be a king hiding in a cave? Why is this king? Oh, Lord, just kill him and get him out of the way. And then David at one time wanted to kill him and threw a javelin at him and got him got him in his robe and then tore it off and went on to the other side and said Saul I just want to tell you something you ain't all that buddy I was so close to you I could have killed you and the Bible said that God smote David's heart for even talking like that and God has purposely put you in people that aggravate you you want to choke them? You want to, come a, you want to become a UFC fighter overnight? <laughs> and we're looking at the wrong issue. Them people are making you worship better. You better hear me. Them people are making you call out to God even more. Them people, God put you, he put you in that place. This woman walked in there and she got to church and she walked in the same way that she walked there. She didn't hide nothing. She didn't hold nothing. She walked in and the Bible said that Jesus saw her. Pastor Andrew, come to the piano, please. He called her to him. He didn't think, dear God, why do them kind of people always want to come to church? Can't we just go to church in peace? Not have to deal with all of that stuff. Them people shouldn't. Why do them people want to come to church like that? I think that's why God called me to Pittsburgh. Because I'm attracted to people like that. Because I used to be one of those people. I used to snort my, listen to me, I used to snort my cocaine and crank with $100 bills because I was making so much money in the 90s.
me tell you something. I was making over a thousand dollars a week, and a thousand dollars a week is big now. But in the nineties, I was making a thousand dollars a week. Not counting that, I was getting almost four hundred dollars a week off per diem. <laughs> so we'd all pile up in a hotel and save our per diem money so we could buy more dope. Get more beer. <gasps> Preacher. Listen. When I came into church in 1995, I had the best mullet you ever seen in your life. I'm telling you right now. It was curly. And I looked good. And in 1995, I stood up in front of that preacher. He used to ride with the Hells Angels and the Banditos. I kid you not. He got saved out on a rig, old field rig. He got saved because his mama wouldn't give up. His mama wouldn't quit praying. And one day out on the old field rig, he was by himself. And he said he heard the autumn voice of God. And it said, it said, I have saved you for this time right here. And he said, he said he looked up and he said everything began to shake. And nobody else heard it. And he said when he got off the boat, he called his mama. And his mama said she'd been praying. And his mama said, God talk to him and he said mama he did and he got saved and he had to walk away from the hell's angels and the banditos and they didn't like him for that because it's blood in and blood out you got to understand those kinds of things in backer clubs is blood in and blood out and so and so now he had the blood in and he said I don't know God if I can preach the gospel because of what I've done and God said I've called you and saved you for this time right now. He stood up in my daddy's church. His name was Floyd Acord and he could sing like Conway Twitty and I kid you not and that's what got me sitting back there. I thought man that old deep voice I was fixing to say hello darling right up in the middle of it all. He sang like Conway Twitty and I remember the last night of revival my mama invited me. Let me tell you something. I thought I went to church to please mom and daddy but I went on purpose and I'm telling you right now when I got there, I didn't hide my mullet. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I didn't hide my mullet. I didn't hide my skull ring. Hallelujah. It was in my front pocket. Praise God. I just walked in there, and I thought, okay, I didn't straighten myself up, and I need to tell you something. God, he spoke to me, and then he touched me. In 1995, April of 1995, God touched me. My God, somebody hear me. God touched me and bent over. I straightened up. I'm telling you now and then from that straightening up came the call. I started preaching in January of 1996. About eight or nine months later, I was preaching behind the pulpit because I walked in bowed over, but God touched me and I straightened up. And I need to give some hope to some of you in here today. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what you walked through. I don't care what you lived through. I don't care how much of your drama's been on Facebook. I'm telling you right now, God is about to straighten you up. I want you to sit right there in that seat. I want you to bow your head. It's a reign of freedom today. The reign of freedom is today. Pastor Ann. Just relax for a minute. Just bow your head. You and Jesus.
Listen to me with your eyes closed. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't look around. Don't try to figure out who's going to move first. I felt the glory of God pulling from me this morning while I was preaching. Somebody, some people, many of you in this room and some from that camera, was pulling and I felt that virtue begin to leave while I was preaching. So if you leave this place today without getting your straight up spirit, you can't blame it on this preacher. You can't blame it on me. I've sweated. I've screamed. I've delivered the word of God underneath the unction that's in this place. Every head bowed. Do not look around. This ain't about getting your soul saved. This ain't about getting your bills paid. This is about getting your mind back. This is about getting your health back. 
This is about getting your family back. The Bible says to be anxious for nothing, but pray about everything. Anxiety is a spirit of infirmity. On the count of three, all over this building, on the count of three, don't look around. 